imagine it's early winter. It's cold where you live, but the sun is shining and there's a crisp smell in the air. You are driving out into the country with your family. You are going to cut down a Christmas tree to bring home to decorate. You imagine the perfect size tree. It needs to be just a little bit taller than your dad, but no shorter. You love it when your dad lifts you up high over his head to place the star on top of the tree. This might be one of your favorite days of the year. Once you arrive at the tree farm, you look around to see if you can spot your tree. The ground is soft and muddy because it's rained, snowed, and then melted again. As you walk across the field to get to the rows of trees, your feet squish and squash into the ground. The man at the office hands you the saw. He hands your brother a measuring stick. The stick is labeled by size and by price. Now that you're holding the saw, you walk slower and more carefully. Each step you take, you measure your balance and pay close attention to how you're holding the saw. Hey guys, what about this one? Your brother cries out. I don't think so, your mom replies. That one has a giant gap between the branches on one side. We need it to look even from all sides. Your family continues walking through the rows of Fraser firs. They are fragrant. You can almost smell the oxygen they produce. You stop to take a closer look at one tree. It stands so proud and stiff, its branches reach up to the sky. You look closely and find some fir cones standing up along the branches. Oh, you've never noticed that before. You keep walking, and as you are busy looking around to find the perfect tree, you don't notice your family. They are stopped looking at one perfectly shaped Fraser fir. You bump into your sister because you aren't looking where you're going. You join their gaze. The tree is tall, but not too tall. It's full, but not overpowering. You wonder how in the world such a perfect tree could still be here. Why wasn't it cut last year? How old is it? Now that you are ready to cut it down, it feels like a shame to cut down now. It's so perfect. This is the one, your mom informs you. Everyone takes turns using the saw to cut down the tree. Your dad gets the saw started, and then everyone in turn crawls under the lower branches, lays down on the muddy ground, and pulls at the saw. Everyone helps to get your tree over to the man at the office to pay and return the tools. He helps you strap the tree to the top of your van. Now you head home to trim the tree and get your home ready for Christmas. You are listening to Naturalist Kids Podcast. 
where we bring the stories of nature to life to encourage you in your quest to learn more about this great world. I'm your host, Joy Cherrick, and today I'm joined by David, age seven. If you love our podcast and want to see more episodes like this one about the Christmas tree, please consider supporting us through our Patreon site, patreon.com slash naturalistkids. There you will find transcripts, nature study lessons, and additional resources to go with each episode. This is episode two of season two. This episode corresponds with nature study hacking trees. Nature study hacking teaches families how to get outside and use a nature journal. Head over to naturestudyhacking.com to learn more. Let us consider for a moment what a Christmas tree is. Evergreen trees are normally used as Christmas trees. An evergreen is simply a plant whose foliage remains green and functional through more than one growing season. There are several species of evergreens that are used as Christmas trees. Most are fir trees, but sometimes a spruce or a pine. Evergreens were once worshipped by Germanic tribes and inspired the song O Tannenbaum, meaning O Christmas Tree. Firs are native to North America and bear upright cones, in contrast to the hanging cones characteristic of other conifers, such as the spruce and the pine. Take a close look at your Christmas tree this year. Look for the following characteristics. Number one, how are the branches positioned on the trunk? Do they alternate? Are they placed in a whirl as they move up the trunk? Number two, can you find the buds at the tip of the branch? What purpose do these serve? Number three, when you pull away a needle from the stem, does it leave an imprint or does it not leave an imprint? And number four, how much water does your tree drink? Germany seems to hold the honor of beginning the tradition of the Christmas tree as we know it today. During the 1500s, Christians brought decorated trees into their homes. If they couldn't get the whole tree, they would build a pyramid of wood and decorate it with evergreens and candles. This tradition is said to come from Protestant reformer Martin Luther, who is credited with being the very first person to add lighted candles to a tree. The story goes, as he was walking home one winter evening, composing a sermon, he was struck with wonder at the majesty of the stars twinkling like diamonds amidst the evergreens. To recapture the scene for his family, he erected a tree in the main room and wired its branches with lighted candles. Most 19th century Americans thought the Christmas tree tradition was quite strange. However, in 1846, the popular royals, Queen Victoria, and her German husband, Prince Albert, were sketched in the illustrated London news standing with their children around a Christmas tree. 
unlike the previous royal family, Victoria was very popular with her subjects, and what was done at court immediately became fashionable, not only in Britain, but with fashion-conscious East Coast American society. The Christmas tree had arrived. By the 1890s, Christmas ornaments were arriving from Germany and Christmas tree popularity was on the rise in the U.S. It was noted that Europeans used small trees about four feet in height, while Americans liked their trees to reach from floor to ceiling. The early 20th century saw Americans decorating their trees mainly with homemade ornaments, while the German-American sect continued to use apples, nuts, and marzipan cookies. Popcorn joined in after being dyed bright colors and interlaced with berries and nuts. Electricity brought about lights, making it possible for Christmas trees to glow for days on end. With this, Christmas trees began to appear in town squares across the country, and having a Christmas tree in the home became an American tradition. We found some Christmas tree fun facts to share with you. The tallest living Christmas tree is believed to be the 122-foot, 91-year-old Douglas fir in the town of Woodenville, Washington. Since 1966, the National Christmas Tree Association has given a Christmas tree to the president and the first family. Most Christmas trees are cut weeks before they get to a store. Christmas trees generally take six to eight years to mature. Christmas trees are grown in all fifty states, including Hawaii and Alaska. Thomas Edison's assistants came up with the idea of electric lights for Christmas trees. In our home, we enjoy a tradition using the Jesse tree ornaments to decorate a special evergreen. Ours is made of fabric and hangs on our wall. Jesse trees are a very old Christmas tradition and first started in medieval times. They are used to help tell the story of the Bible from creation to the Christmas story. The name comes from Jesse, the father of David the king. The Book of Isaiah gives this prophecy: A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse; from his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes, or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. A branch is a sign of new life and new beginnings. Jesus was a descendant of David the King. And Christians believe that Jesus is this new branch. The first Jesse trees were large carvings, tapestries, or even stained glass windows put in churches that helped illiterate people—people people who can't read or write—to learn about the Bible from creation to the Christmas story. But now Jesse trees are used as a kind of advent calendar. You can use a normal Christmas tree or a banner in the shape of a tree, like we do. 
Each day through Advent, or sometimes just on the four Sundays of Advent, a special decoration or ornament, similar to a chrismon, that tells a story from the Bible is hung on the tree. We read through The Advent Jesse Tree by Dean Smith because it is a marvelous way to read through the whole story arc of the Bible during the days leading up to Christmas. We thoroughly enjoy it. Thanks so much for joining us as we took a closer look at the Christmas tree today. Did you learn anything new? We'd love to hear from you. Please leave a review in iTunes. It will help other budding naturalists find our show. We will leave you with a quote from Charles Dickens. It is good to be children sometimes, and never better than Christmas, when its mighty founder was a child himself. Mm-hmm.